an entire generation. People have experienced Star Wars, the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. Now, for its 20th anniversary, the adventure of a lifetime returns to the big screen in a way you've never seen before. There'll be no one to stop us this time. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. With newly enhanced visual effects. They're coming in too fast! THX and digital sound. And a few new surprises. On President's Day weekend, 1997, George Lucas and 20th Century Fox invite you to welcome back Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Chewbacca, C-3PO, and R2-D2. Finally, the motion picture event, the way it was meant to be experienced. This will be a day long remembered. As the entire Star Wars trilogy returns. On February 14th, Star Wars, followed soon after by The Empire Strikes Back. And then Return of the Jedi. Move closer! For a whole new generation who have yet to experience it on the big screen. And for everyone else to experience it again. The Star Wars Trilogy, Special Edition. See it again, for the first time. The Force will be with you, always. Just don't touch it. All right. That's right. Sounds good. Don't touch nothing. That's a double negative. Sure is. That means you're touching something. (laughs) So glad we got Dopey Vox here for this record of Retro Film Dangle, episode number 17. It's Saturday, May 25th. May the force be with you. <laughs> Big yawn for Richard. He's so excited, so stoked, because we have a great guest here to help us talk about the Star Wars Despecialized Edition. Please welcome to Retro Film Dango our pal Boner. AKA <laughs> hello, hello. Uh, sorry, I forgot. Uh, I don't have my soundboard here. I, for, I left my uh, laptop boner. At, at work. Boner. There, that Maybe was... I'll be the Fandango boner. You bite a baby. <laughs> boner. Boner. There you go. Wow, that's an awesome impression. Fandango boner. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I guess I don't need the soundboard. That's great. Well, yeah. Uh, Star Wars. Want to get right to it? Want to talk about it? You want to do it? Let's. Okay. Okay, um, wait, wait, wait. Before we start this. Yes, we already started. All right, all right. well, before we get into it. Yeah. Is this going to be a special edition versus despecialized edition? Why don't you just or, sit back and let the show be what it's going to be? Or are we going to have like a, a two-hour complaint session about no. prequels and contemporary films and all <laughs> let's, that? Let's just let the show be what it's going to be. I, you know, I, let's not worry about it. I don't know what I'm in for. 
there there will be comparison. Well, it's important to point out to people why we're, we're, we went out of our way to get the despecialized editions to watch Star Wars. Yeah, because that a lot is of, fair. That's so fair. A, lot, a lot of people might be sitting there thinking, well, why don't I just go get the DVDs? What's so important about these movies? Are these guys right. just like right. stick so, in the mud? Yeah. Can't are not open to change or special is there... edition? Totally fair. All right, so it's not all the comments I was seeing online. The comments that was all that was all up in your head. That was you reading <laughs> into the comments. So I suppose um, I'm just uh, sleepy right now. I'm imagining yes. all that. All right, yeah. well, you go back to sleep and uh, let uh, Boner and I do a do a show, okay? <laughs> So uh, I guess the the first thing to mention. So the, the Star Wars came out 1977, and it was a big hit. Everybody loved it. It was great. It was it was the greatest movie of all time. And then at some point in the 90s, uh, George Lucas, the creator of this uh, Star Wars, uh, decided, you know what? Uh, I'm not happy with uh, this movie, and I want to go in and I want to change a whole bunch of stuff. To now, be fair, time, okay. Yes. It wasn't in the early 90s when he decided he was unhappy. He was unhappy when the film came out because he didn't get to do all the things that he wanted to do. Yeah, I don't believe that. I th- I believe that's all uh, BS on his end. That was all uh, part that, of the that marketing was... to sell this new special edition in the 90s to get people no, to go. No, some of that stuff was documented. In, uh, it was, I don't uh, from I don't Star Wars it. to Jedi, the making of a saga. There don't is buy this it. thing. And uh, they, they mention at least the cantina scene that uh, he was never happy with that. Well, here's the thing. Okay, the movie comes out, and in 1978, it wins seven Oscars. It mm-hmm. wins seven. It won, all the Oscars are uh, well, art direction, costume design, film editing, original score, sound, visual effects, special achievement and sound. Those are the, all seven things that he decided to mess around with and change. <laughs> you know, it's like it's not like Robert Wise going in and changing uh, Star Trek the motion picture. You know, him coming out and saying, "You know what? There were a lot of mistakes. We had. I had. To, I want to change things. I want to make things different because it was there were problems with the movie. There was problems with the pacing. There was problems with the special effects. And he went in and he changed it. And both versions of the film are available now." This is a movie right. where every, Star Wars was a movie where everyone was happy with it. It made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. It was good. If you want to see what's, where special effects were in 1978, well, you can't see it now. You can't, you can't go to the store and buy the DVD uh, of the movie that won uh, the best art direction in 1978. What you're seeing is an edited version that took all that work that those people did in uh, the late 70s to win themselves an Oscar, and uh, he buried it. You don't. You're not. You don't have to convince me. You like give me that look. I'm not <laughs> giving you a look. I'm, giving I'm you just a look. saying he wasn't happy with it from the beginning. I I, I, I don't believe him. I'm in agreement. I don't believe. I, don't believe I, would, I believe. I believe that that was all part of the marketing in the late '90s and him trying to you know cover up like well when people say well, why'd you change this well I always wanted to change it it was I was never happy with it yeah whatever I don't believe him I don't believe a thing that guy says I agree. I don't I don't trust anything he says. I think a lot of the times where he claimed he had this whole story figured oh, yeah. out ahead of time, I think he's oh, lying yeah, about that too. Mm. He he often boasts those things that just don't they don't line up. So I, I think I think Kevin's right. I think he of course what what else is he gonna say? I mean that that's 
you know, he always wanted to make this scene bigger. He always wanted to have more of this in there. But uh, I think he was just, you know, shooting the crap. I mean, when it's it's like that old marketing scheme with, you know, when you take when you make a new NHL game and you're the only NHL game in town, right? There's no other competition. So when you're trying to sell NHL 2019, well, the only competition is NHL 2018. You have to convince people to buy the new NHL game. So what do you do? You dump on the old game. You dump on 20. Oh, this is all the stuff we did wrong. We wanted to do all this stuff and make it new. And that's exactly what the special editions were in 1990. That was the marketing forum. That Star Wars that you love and think it's great, it's actually crap. It's garbage now. We got all this new stuff for you. And it'd be fine, I think, if he would have done all that, all made all these changes and put it out there for the people who wanted it. But the fact that you... He he destroyed the that original film. You can't... well, he's rewriting history. Is what he did, and that's that's the problem. Yeah. You know, he's not just he's not just giving you an option optional disc or optional version. He he essentially, effectively, and aggressively made these unavailable. So you yeah. fast forward till today, and they are essentially impossible to watch unless you have a VCR, or you can find them on the dark web, so to speak. So, and that's what about the poor guy who originally voiced Boba Fett? He has now been erased from that movie. It's yeah. not fair to him. He was a, he was a credit in the film. Yeah. So little things like that, I, I just think are ethically wrong. There is uh, a puppeteer for uh, the Return of the Jedi that he puppeteered. Uh, I might have put it down here. I can't remember. But the the original singer in the the Boba Fett or mm-hmm. the um, Jabba the Hutt. Uh, what was it? What was that? I think Lap Lip Laptinik. <laughs> Anyways, they took that, that like character that. and replaced that character with all CGI anim- uh, animation. So that guy is still in the credits as the puppeteer for that character, but none of his work is in the film because it's all been switched to CG. Yeah. Mm. Anyways. To be fair, <clears throat> that does happen I don't all be the fair. time, though. I don't want to be fair. Oh, think, about, think about all the hey, work let's... that went into the ending of Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. And how they had to just scrap that entire thing. I mean, all the people who worked on it still got credit, but in the end, for the benefit of the film at the time, of based on audience reaction, they had to change the ending in order to sell the film. So sometimes the work people put into it does get cut out. Now, well, the- that is a different story from what's happening now, and both versions of that film are available. No, they're not. Yes, they are. <laughs> no, they're not. Yes, they are. You can buy both versions. Of yeah, that. but you're talking about the original theatrical release was changed before it was released, right? Is that what you're mm-hmm. saying? Richard? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And this is different. This this was exp- we all had this movie for for a right, decade. Right. But I'm talking decades. about the fact that people who work on the film don't always get to see the work that they've done. Scenes get cut. Well, you of know? course. Yeah. You show but... up. You do that, all your hard work, and then. Suddenly, your scene uh, doesn't make the cut. That's different so, than being totally part of different. something and you, then having it taken away. The people who, yeah, like it, it would be equivalent to different. It, it would be equivalent <laughs> to if that little shop of horrors came out. They all won Oscars for that ending, and then they said, "You know what? For from now on, we're just going to change the ending, and we're going to cut all that Oscar-winning material off the end." So you, you guys think I'm trying to fight you on this. I'm just trying to point out some of the uh, things when, when you're getting all like super aggravated. You're making a comparison and we're telling you how your comparison yeah. isn't that great. <laughs> just saying. That's what we're telling you. 
saying it happens. I'm not saying it's right. I, I, I'm not I, saying I'm one of these people that love these. Fe- I, I, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so the other two movies didn't win as many uh, Oscars. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, it won uh, an Oscar for sound and special achievement in visual effects. And the same Oscar was won in Return of the Jedi, special achievement in visual effects. Those are all things, once again, that George Lucas changed for those movies. So I just want to be pointed out that there was Oscar caliber, Oscar winning caliber work in all these films. And these are the things he changed, which I don't know. I don't I, I don't get. Now, I, I do, you know, I do see like, you know, you watch the original. We watch the originals and there are some, you know, cheesy effects, some things that, you know, haven't aged well and all that. But I mean... you just put yourself in that time like that that's what they did and it's really great to see that you know it's like it's it's actually something i look forward to to looking to at you know what the best they could do in 1978 what's the best they could do in 1980 and that's what those these films had and it's just i don't know i think it's a shame that you just can't you can't go and it's not accessible to the the public like it uh it used to be now, do either of you know, I believe that I heard that Disney has stated that they plan on releasing the original cuts at some point. I'm sure it's going to be time to where they make most money with it, maybe prior to some other movie release or something. But have you guys heard that at all? I I've heard, heard that. I heard that it's just not possible because Lucas went back and altered the original uh, film. So, like, he was supposed to have... Uh, put in a copy of the film for, you know, preservation or whatever. It was selected a long time ago to be, you know, mm-hmm. put into the vault. And like, this is historically in ni- important. In We're 1989, gonna... the library of Congress. There you go. Uh, created uh, a section for film because there was a section for music, literature, um, and something, another old piece of medium that I can't remember. And uh, they, they've created one for film. And one of the films, the seven films or nine films uh, that were selected to, uh, the first ones to be selected to go into the Library of Congress was Star Wars, uh, the original Star Wars. And that was in 1989. He didn't hand in anything until after the special editions mm-hmm. came out in the late 90s. And uh, they were like, no, we want the original cut of the film. That's the film, that, the, the Oscar winning film. That's the one that we want to preserve. And he, he doesn't have it. And to this day, they never, they've never, they don't have a copy of Star Wars to preserve. So they can't, with modern technology, you know, if we just watched it. And by the way, those versions that we watched looked fantastic, at least what I watched it mm. on. So they can't somehow take those and, and make a, a full film out of it? Well, even oh. the versions that we watched are really not technically the film that came out in 1977. They are altered it's, quite a it's bit. It's the They're... closest possible. Plus, yeah, they've updated effects and, and all that. They, they, they basically have mimicked the, the original films. Like, it's mm. really wild. Like, uh, they've taken even still images and that because there's portions of the movie that are just gone. And there was one guy that took actually and animated as some still images because there was just a little bit of movement in the background as characters would walk by things. And, you know, there were several layers put together to put it. But still, it's not it's not the original print. It's like a, a restored version of the of the original, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's, is it's it, was it Lucas just not willing to give them up or he literally does not have them? 
I, I think he just doesn't have it. Yeah. It's it's unclear, but it makes you think, all right, it's just gone. So, yeah, for these, like, this was all, like, a, a fans that got together and recreated these original versions of the films, recreated the original cuts, um, you know, took out all the extra stuff and that. They've used several different sources. Uh, one of them is the uh, the laser discs. Uh, some of it is uh, the Blu-ray. A lot of it, actually, majority of the film is the uh, current Blu-ray. Uh, all the undoctored scenes are from there. And uh, there was a version of the original versions that did get a release on um, DVD as an extra, but it wasn't like uh, an enhanced version. It was basically, it was like the laser disc version that was converted over to DVD, but their con- the way they converted it over from laser disc, they used um, some sort of compression material that, re- that smeared the image when there was a lot of movement uh, or duplicated uh the image um when there was a lot of movement so even that's like not a, a perfect copy for them but that's all it's basically all they had uh, and then cleaned up a lot with still imagery in that it's really uh, uh quite a feat for people just doing this in their spare time and you can go check out the video just type in uh star wars despecialized editions it's about a 20 minute video on youtube and it'll come right up and it'll give you like the little history and everything and all the effort that they went in to uh make them and I appreciate it because we wouldn't be able to see these any other way. Yeah, I, I wanted to say too. I thank you for first of all inviting me on this very you know special episode. And this is the first time I I'd seen these undoctored uh, versions since probably my VCR days you know, back right. when I was a child. So it was so wonderful to watch these three films back to back without all the extra stuff. It was very very uh, uh, meaningful to me. So. Well, I really, really enjoyed watching the, these versions uh, like this. I, I just have to correct you, Duke. This isn't a special version. This is a, a, a despecial oh, episode. <laughs> they're, spe- they're special to me, okay? Yeah. Uh, I, I want to thank uh, Josh, too, Society Josh there, for uh, flagging uh, these uh, that they were done. I, I remember like 10 years ago them saying that they were going to make these movies. I think it was even before YouTube. Like, how would we even see these or how are they going to get them out there or whatever? And uh, it, I, I didn't even, you know, I didn't, hadn't thought about it for a long time. And uh, I guess I was complaining about wanting to see the original versions of the movies. And he's like, why don't you check out those despecialized ones? They've been done for a while. And I think they've been done for at least two years now or whatever. And uh, yeah, so just thanks, Society Josh, for uh, flagging yeah. uh, this material. Okay. Anything else you want to say before we get into it? No. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Let's play the trailer. Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Here they come. The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. It's a big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's 
spectacle, light years ahead of its time. I am C-3PO, human-cyborg relations, and this is my counterpart, R2-D2. Hello. It's an epic of heroes. Villains and aliens from a thousand worlds. Star Wars, a billion years in the making. And it's coming to your galaxy this summer. I'll do the rundown for Star Wars. Or do you want to do it? I don't care. <laughs> well, I feel like maybe I've been talking for a while. Do All right, I'll do it. The Imperial forces under orders from cruel Darth Vader, played by David Prowse, voiced by James Earl Jones, hold Princess Leia, played by Carrie Fisher, hostage in their efforts to quell the rebellion against the Galactic Empire. Luke Skywalker, played by Mark Hamill, and Han Solo, played by Harrison Ford, captain of the Millennium Falcon, work together with the companionable droid duo R2-D2, played by Kenny Baker, and C-3PO, played by Anthony Daniels, to rescue the beautiful princess, help the Rebel Alliance, and restore freedom and justice to the galaxy. That's really insensitive of you to purposely leave out the recently deceased Peter Mayhew. I mean, Excuse me, well, was Chewbacca even in there? No. No. We left him out, and you did it I on did, purpose. Uh, Google did. Because you, you hated <laughs> the man in the monkey suit. That's it. <laughs> that is so not true. I'm a fan the of The film Warwick also Davis. stars Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing, but not the man in the monkey suit. Come on. <laughs> uh, director George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just hates him now. Jeez. I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> just... Uh, run runtime two hours and five minutes. Uh, significant changes. Uh, the Greedo scene in Star Wars. Han Solo was cornered in the Mos Eisley Cantina by the bounty hunter Greedo, and the confrontation ends with Han shooting under the table and killing Greedo. The 1977 special edition release of the film alters the scene so that Greedo shoots first and misses. And the scene is altered again in the 2004 DVD release of the film so that Han and Greedo shoot simultaneously. Lucas stated that he always intended for Greedo to have shot first. He felt the idea of Han shooting first depicts him as a cold-blooded killer. Now that, I'll, I'll say, is complete How could he have always intended if he made the first movie? Right. Yeah, it doesn't make... See, this is what I mean. I don't believe anything he says. It just doesn't... It he doesn't accidentally make made the scene wrong? I mean, it makes no sense. He just confused the characters. All these weird names. He's like, oh, Han Greedo. What's uh, this guy? I, I don't. I don't understand why these filmmakers. Uh, it, you know, even Spielberg. You know, changing the guns in the security or police officers' hands to walkie talkies. Like, why? Why? Just why? why? I heard somewhere that you know they they theorize that it's just when you get older, your perspective changes, you know, you're young, you're willing to do things. Um, you get older and you, you soften. I don't know. 
But but this scene, I mean, it's so. I know you know Han Solo has become went on to become way bigger of a character than what you see at the beginning of Star Wars. And I call it Star Wars. I don't call it A New Hope. Screw that. It was Star Wars when I was a kid. I still call it Star Wars. New Hope is garbage. Uh, So at the beginning of that film, you know, there is part of the tension is that, you know, when Luke and and, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi go into this cantina, and they're looking for someone to help them. They're looking for a ship, someone to transport them to the planet of Alderaan so they can deliver these Death Star plans to the Princess Leia. And they go in there and there's a bunch of seedy characters in there. You know, it's not a nice place to be. And they run into this, uh, you know, someone's directs them, hey, maybe you go, if you're looking for a ship, go check out that guy. And they run up to him and they start talking to him and that. And you don't know if you can trust him yet. You don't know what kind of person he's going to be. You don't know what you're going to get from Han Solo. And that scene where he first runs into um, into Greedo, the bounty hunter who wants to take him to Jabba the Hutt, uh, basically because he has a bounty on his head. Uh, you know, you how that plays out plays on later in the film. You know, when uh, Han Solo decides that he's not going to hang around and help out the Rebel Alliance and he's going to take off. And I, you know, that's a part of his character. That's something that's established. It's part of the the character story arc you know that's part of what he has to overcome you know uh, to decide that he can trust people and and help out his friends by the end of the movie and just changing that scene just hurts that entire part of the story it makes it way less dramatic than it should be not to mention can we talk about how ridiculous it looks it looks terrible yeah Mm. (laughs) well at first it looked terrible in 1997 because he um what was it they greedo shoots first and han solo kind of like shifts in his chair or something like that and it looks really bad yeah and then han solo shoots him and then i guess since then in 2004 he has them shoot at the same time i don't believe i've ever seen the movies on dvd in fact this was probably the first time i've seen them on like a big screen like i watched them on my big screen I guess I forgot to ask you guys. How did you guys watch it? Did you watch it on the computer or your tablet, or did you get them on the big screen? I watched it on my tablet. What about you, Richard? Uh, I I didn't think this was going to come up. You um, didn't watch them. Did I <laughs> I watched the films. Oh, I was so excited to Classic watch box. them. I ended up. I couldn't wait to put it on the screen, so I watched it on my phone, and oh I ended up watching God. all three on my phone. Oh, my. <laughs> Which looked great, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you do watch them on, nice on a big screen, you do notice the shift in, uh, like when, in, sh- shift in source material. As well of a job that they could possibly do. Uh, especially when they go to a special effects shot, and it's back to like the original movie, the image gets a lot softer. They did a great job with the color correction to make it look as smooth as it possibly can, but there still is that little bit of shift. Like you'll see that it gets really soft when they go to, you know, a ship landing or something like that, uh, because you know it has been changed in, you know, like that's the part that they can't use from the Blu-ray. So there's definitely a shift when that goes from uh, the Blu-ray source to, um, you know, uh, the laser disc or or dvd oh really i didn't notice my no, viewing you're watching experience on your... was perfect yeah because you're watching on your phone 
Oh, I didn't notice that fine. at all on my tablet. Yeah. I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, you like you guys wouldn't because you're watching it like resolution. Well, well, I, like I we had, had a no much choice. better time than you did. <laughs> I didn't know how to get the um the Wait, file that you sent me to go onto my television. So I just I, I didn't have a choice. Yeah, I I I I assume I assume that from you, but from Richard, I I I I, I thought he I thought he'd do better, but I guess not. I was I was interested in preserving history, so I backed it up as much <laughs> as I could. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, you know what? I got my phone right here. Let's yeah, yeah. Also, also, back back to the scene. It looks like the laser comes out of Greedo's gun at an angle. Yeah. And the whole the whole thing looks bizarre. It's it's weird. How he it's... ever could have thought that was an improvement? I, I just shake my head at. Yeah. It. Well, it just gets conceptually flawed once he has them shoot simul. I mean, aside from the Han slide, uh, <laughs> when they shoot simultaneously, how could Greedo possibly miss from that distance? He's sitting there with the gun on him. He had first draw, <laughs> and then he shoots over his shoulder. I think the shot even ricochets around the booth or something too. And but we've all been watching these since we were a kid. Who here was traumatized by? Han Solo shooting that guy. I mean, that he was, was like he was a bad guy. Yeah, he was. He, you know, this green alien comes up and says, "Hey, I'm going to take you and to go, uh, you know, because there's a bounty on your head, and you know, bad things are going to happen to you." I mean, yeah, it's and, not and even, even like says, it's, it's not even the first shot in the film. You know, we've had uh, a lot of blaster fire and and people dying already. I think the charred remains of, of yeah, that was way more traumatic dark than this way more traumatic than watching that green guy get shot you know i don't know so stupid watch an alien puppet fall down yeah now that would be bad enough if that was the only change but there is a couple of other major changes to the build. there's a lot of little ones but we're not going to get into it. we're just going to get into the major ones uh so this is briggs i had no idea what his last name was briggs Big, dark lighter biggs dark lighter oh sorry biggs that's even worse. Biggs Darklighter on Yavin 4. So during the production of Star Wars, scenes were filmed featuring Biggs Darklighter and his friendship with Luke Skywalker set on Tatooine and the rebel base on Yavin 4 shortly before the attack on the Death Star. The scenes were cut because they felt to disrupt the pacing of the film. In the original theatrical release, Biggs is only briefly mentioned as one of Luke's friends early in the movie. And he is seen briefly during the attack on the Death Star in which he dies, and a relationship between Biggs and Luke's is never stated. Despite this, Luke reacts strongly to Biggs' death. In the 1997 special edition of Star Wars film, incorporated uh, the previously deleted scene on Yavin 4, the loss, the loss of the scenes at Tatooine and Yavin 4 was felt to lessen the significance of Biggs' death. Cast Luke's reaction to the death as overly strong, and making the framing of the death as a tragedy confusing. It was felt that the Reedition of Yavin of the Yavin Four scene helped to rectify this issue. Um, f- there was no issue. It yeah. was sac- it was sacrificed because of pacing uh, uh, for a film that won Best Oscar for film editing. Best uh, it won, it's it, you were the best film for film editing in 1978. We're going to put back in stuff that was removed for pacing. And when Biggs dies, I always thought as a kid that Luke's reaction was because he was on his own. That was the last guy that was like helping him in the trench and now luke was on his own did he have say, a big I, reaction I, I, no not really I, I don't know what he's talking I don't, about because i never I don't. was confused as a kid watching that thinking why did he care about him and that that's that's bizarre he, he just kind of lets out a sigh and then like just goes back to concentrating on on the trench 
So he just kind of yeah, like, <sighs> and then he's back in the trench. And it's like, well, I always thought that was just because he was on his own. Yeah, you know, like that's yeah, why I agree. You know? Yeah, like your team's dying off around you. I'm yeah. the I'm the last sure. one. I, I'm the new hope. <laughs> yeah, we we were all so confused by Luke's reaction that it just didn't. We had to have this extra scene to make it all work. Stupid, dumb. I, I don't get it. I, I find it uh, a bit more odd that uh, Luke, who just shows up, uh, you know, uh, like a day into his adventure, is suddenly uh, placed in a, an X-wing and sent off to the Death Star. He's Red Five. Yeah, and didn't they have anybody else to do that? I mean, they know he was coming, or did they just have an extra a ship laying around? Well, I think I can defend the film. I mean, they, they're losing pilots left, right, and center, right, and all these battles and that. And Luke's a guy who could fly, and he wasn't necessarily like the number one, you know, their number one choice. He was, he was oh, yeah, like yeah. five. He was off to the side, you know. Yeah, but he didn't go to the academy. But then all of a sudden, he's right there with Biggs and Wedge. You know, I don't. Did they have an academy? I don't think <laughs> at so. the beginning. That, I they? don't know if that's. I don't know if it's ever clear. This but, is a you know, band of wa- rebels. He yeah. wants to go off to the academy, whatever that is. I don't and, think that was and, to join the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But I don't. He didn't go to the academy like Biggs did. Yeah, I but he did something with a womp rat back home or something. Oh yeah, he, he targeted <laughs> womp rats and beggars. He could fly. He was he was a skilled he was a skilled pilot. He could he could fly. I so don't there know. was. I think it was like one of those things where you, you're you're out in the field and it's a war and you you, you give someone a, a promotion, right? Because everyone else is dying off. So you go to the next guy and say, here you go. Here's a promotion. Get in there. Go fight for uh, us. Like, as much as people like to pick on this stuff, there's a lot of other nitpicks in these movies. I, I don't think I was... mentioned. <clears throat> okay. Anyways, uh, Duke, you <laughs> want to read us the, the Jabba the Hutt and Boba Fett editions? Uh, sure. The original script for Star Wars included a scene between Jabba the Hutt, who was designed in concept art drawings similar, similarly to his Return of the Jedi appearance and often... Traveling on a s- sedan chair? That's what it What's says. That? I don't know. Okay. I know what a know what sedan is. car is. <laughs> sedan chair. Uh, and Han Solo. And the scene was filmed with Harrison Ford playing Solo and Declan Mulholland, a stand-in for Jabba. Lucas intended to replace Mulholland in post-production with a stop-motion character. Bullshit. Due to time limitations <laughs> and budget constraints, Lucas could not achieve this, and the scene was cut. In the 1997 special edition, the scene was inserted with CGI replacing Mulholland with CGI replacing Mulholland. Because Ford walked too close to Mulholland in the original scene, hand stepped on Jabba's tail, causing Jabba to squeal, was uh, created as a workaround. Boba Fett was also added in the background of the scene. Jabba's design was modified for the 2004 DVD release, making him more realistic and similar to his episode four, uh, 5 description. Six. Fiction. I'm sorry. Six. Six. I'm bad with Roman numerals. <laughs> yeah, I guess a lot in the '97 version, people like. I guess he looked different. They said his eyes looked like a Cheshire Cheshire cat, and he well, was he he looks, thinner, He's really smaller. small. Yeah, yeah. but he's very uh, small, and and uh, the CG, just about all the CG that was added to this movie yes. in '97, it has aged so poorly. That's the thing. That's yeah. the thing. Like all these changes that he made to improve the movies now look like crap because it's you know twenty five year old CG. Twenty. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was uh, there was CG from that era that looked a lot better. 
I mean, well, you, you look at the Tyrannosaurus in Jurassic Park. Mm, it came out a few years ago. Mm, it looks way better than Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, I, I'll give you that, but it doesn't look great. I just it watched does. that movie. It looks fine. Mm, it looks no, it fine. doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Stop watching movies on Stop movie, watching movies on your phone. Watch on a big screen, and you will see it does not look great. What does look good a lot better is than, looks a lot better than Jabba the Hutt. Uh, I'll give you that, but it doesn't look good. Uh, what does look good is like the T two, uh, Terminator two. Uh, but see, that was a character created for the CG, so that's why it looks good. Whereas this is they're trying to recreate, you know, puppets from twenty years prior to that, and I don't know. Anyways, this was another scene that was cut because of pacing and all the bit of dialogue in this scene was already established already done with Hans run in with Greedo so it made no sense for him to run in again to Jabba the Hutt and basically repeat the same amount of dialogue again so it made sense to to cut it out this is a film that won best editing best, best editing 1978 we're going to insert this stuff back in and it just it makes the film drag it's stupid and so, talk about how ridiculous it looks. Not not the, the CGI so much, but the part where he steps on his tail. Yeah. And Jabba lets out this like goofy like ah, or something yeah. like like it's a cartoon we're watching or something. Just yeah. so out of place and so awkward. This it's awful. Dumb. It's dumb. Like this guy is supposed to be, you know, he's going. To, he wants to kill Han Solo because he owes him money and he wants his money, and he's just letting Han Solo walk on his tail. Yeah. Dumb. So, are we gonna talk about Star Wars, or are we just gonna complain we're about gonna complain? special editions? We're gonna let the show be what it is, Richard. Right. We're not gonna worry I, about what I thought it should be. We were talking be. about Star Wars. This. What episode. would you like to say? You could, you're part of the show. Say something. Star Wars is a really fun movie. I like Star Wars. That's and I'm great. Glad okay, let's can move watch on. Star Wars. <laughs> So I don't remember Boba Fett being in the back of this altered scene. I don't remember it either. I do. I, he threw Boba Fett in the back of every scene, just walking around. Stupid. Do you remember seeing, <laughs> like, did you guys see these in 1997? Did you go to the theater? I did. I, I did, yeah. I did, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was so excited because I, you know, I had never seen Star Wars. I saw, like, when I was a kid, I saw Star Wars in a drive-in, which I know was years and years. It had to be after The Empire Strikes Back. Because my sister was with us. She was born in 1980. So, uh, and apparently the, the legend is, is that I, I complained so much to my mom that I hadn't seen Darth Vader yet. And I wanted to see Darth Vader. And when the movie started, Darth Vader came out and I fell asleep. <laughs> so I never saw, I, that's what my mom says. Approximately there. five minutes into the film. Yeah, he comes out, he puts his <laughs> hands on his hips, and I, apparently I went to sleep. And I slept through the rest of the movie. <laughs> Uh, but that was, so I don't know if that really counted. And then I remember, like, I could, I can remember like every time I saw, I saw Star Wars, like my, my dad used to fix VCRs for, uh, other people and that, and he fixed this one VCR for this guy and he, and, uh, guys like here, take these, uh, take these movies and, you know, thanks, you know, basically thanking my dad for fixing the VCR, take these movies and, and, uh, I watch them and they were the Star Wars films. So this is like early, you know, early 80s, watching it on the uh, wood panel uh, television on the floor, like the floor model one. Mm -hmm. And uh, my my Zia Jennifer and my Zia Wendy and my Nona all came over to watch uh, Star Wars. 
And then they came over the next day and we watched Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And I remember going outside after Star Wars was done and I'm bragging to everybody, all the kids in the neighborhood, I just watched Star Wars. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's great, Geek. We watched that, you know, years ago, you know, because we all have VCRs. So nice try, poor kid, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, yeah, and then uh, I remember uh, Empire Strikes Back was on TV one afternoon. And um, it was like some Detroit, local Detroit channel that we got that was airing it. And uh, I, I was watching it with my sister who didn't really remember too much about the first time when we had watched it. And uh, she's like, oh, my God, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad and all this. I'm like, yeah, that's crazy to say. And then uh, so, you know, that movie ends on that big cliffhanger. Uh, and they were airing Return of the Jedi the next day on the Sunday. So the Sunday we, we you know, we got up and uh, we were all excited. All we're talking about is Star Wars. We were, made, we were building like Star Wars Legos. You know, like just like the crappiest, like we build a Star Destroyer out of uh, green, um, you know, stuff that was meant to be like green lawn for a house or whatever. But it yeah. kind of had like an angle to it. So that was going to be a Star Destroyer. We were just making like just you know, all these crappy Lego things and that. And that's all we did was talk about Star Wars all morning. And then so when it came time, I think it was on one o'clock and we sat down to watch Return of the Jedi. And the local Detroit affiliate switched to a baseball game to Detroit uh, Tigers. Oh. <laughs> Oh man! I was like, I, I'm going to write my first letter to a television station ever, and I sat down and I started writing it, like, because they advertised, you know, that it was going to be on the next day. They didn't say anything about a Detroit Tigers game, and uh, so yeah. And then when I was in college, like that's when like the th thx versions of the movie were out on VHS, so everybody had a copy of that, and the movies were just on in the background all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited when they when they came out in '97. I remember sitting there in the theater and like, oh, I'm finally gonna get to see Star Wars on the big screen. And I avoided all like the trailers and spoilers and all that. I didn't want to know anything. I wanted to go in fresh. And so I had no idea Jabba the Hutt was in the movie or anything like that. And I I watched it and I'm like, I I hate all these changes. This is this is awful. This is not what like I didn't mind them changing some of the special effects and that and you know. They took out some creatures or whatever and put in some CG creatures, which at the time I guess was okay. But I thought it was just, they just ruined, like they, it, the pacing was just way off. They made the movie much longer than what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. When I, I, I had saw a them, I, reaction. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I saw them in the theater as well. I was, um, I remember being an adult though. Um, how well, old are you, was, Kevin? I was in college, like uh, okay, okay. I was probably my twenties, I guess. Yeah, I was in my early twenties. <clears throat> anyway, um, one of the scenes that you didn't put on here that bugged me was what, the scene where Han was running down the hallway after the stormtroopers, and then he turns the corner, and there's a bunch of stormtroopers there. Right. Well, in the new version, they added a whole bunch more, and, and I remember in the theater going, "Why did they do that? There was no point to that." It made no sense, and that that really that always bugged me for some reason. I, I don't know why they. What was the point? It added nothing to the scene. It looked bad. You could tell it was all fake. Uh, it's just I don't know. It was yeah, but I, I was disappointed in, in in all of those extra scenes, even in the first in the first film, uh, and then the, subsequently they it got worse and worse. Hmm. What about you, Richard? Well, I uh, well, I, I'll go back. I'm going to go back to talk about my experiences watching these films as a kid. Uh, and I 
I saw Return of the Jedi the most because we had a bootleg VHS copy of that. So I would watch that all the time. Oh, you got to hand um, in your Q-Dog card. Now, Empire and and Star Wars, the yes. original, yes. Uh, I would only catch if it if it came on television. So it just every once in a while it would show up. And they would play Star Wars more often than Empire. So I think that one I, I've probably seen least out of, out of the three of them and then eventually i got them on vhs so i had my own copy and i was able to watch them and then i got the i went to the theater to see the the 97 release and i got the dvds off of that um when i went to see it in the theater though i wasn't sorry i wasn't thinking about pacing and and historical accuracy and all that it just took me out of the movie when I'd see this new stuff. So I'd be watching it and all of a sudden this movie that I've been watching for, you know, 15 years or whatever suddenly is different now. And it's like, oh, okay, I don't remember this. Oh, look at that. There's a big dragon walking around. And, you know, mm. it, it would just take you out of the movie. And honestly, uh, all the time that's passed now, a couple of the changes I don't mind. A couple of little things like, um, changing the explosion of the death star if they wanted to make that look a little bit nicer uh not not the death star um uh alderaan when alderaan blows that mm. effect is a little jarring when it jumps straight to uh, obi-wan in the millennium falcon after that so if they wanted to touch up a couple of those little things i'm okay with that um, the only issue is the same thing that everybody complains about is that you don't have the option to go back to the original all these uh, updated director's cuts and everything, they usually give you, uh, you know, here's the original, here's the new one. Go ahead, watch watch what you want to watch. Um, but you can't do that with this. So that's the only complaint. If they want to make all these changes and somebody's happy with the director's cut, okay, fine. Uh, I'd still like to be able to see the original. Yes, in yeah. HD. Yeah. yeah. Come on. That's all. Now, you know that well, that, that explosion... That is the... oh, I, I, go ahead, go ahead, do that. I, I just want to mention just something about the explosion. Just reiterate to to Richard that yeah, that's that is the only complaint. There's plenty of movies that have directors cut. Nobody complains about that. It's no. that you he stifled the ability to see the original. So that yeah, that that's that's the complaint. Uh, go ahead, uh, Kevin, about the explosion. I, I don't like those explosions, by the way, with well, the weird ring that comes out. Damn, I was hoping you'd like it because that they, was taken from Star Trek. Star Trek Six. That's yeah. right. It was. It's a ripoff of uh, the Praxis explosion in Star Trek VI, and they even have it in like the um, uh, I don't know, see not CG notes, but the um, special effects teams notes, where like they just basically like you could see it. They crossed out like you know whatever explosion, like Death Star explosion and the Alderaan explosion. They crossed them out and they put in Praxis explosion, like insert a Praxis <laughs> explosion. It's that. <laughs> Yeah. Do you do you like the way that looks? The newer explosion because it just I don't understand how something would explode with a with a ring. What is Saturn exploding? I mean, it's just well, weird. It, I've seen well, fireworks with rings. Yeah, <laughs> they're built. They're built in to, to Those, do that. That, on that was um. They they were a whole bunch of stormtroopers. They just jumped. They were in formation. <laughs> and they... The eyes well, get out of here. The idea in Star Trek was that it was a moon that was uh, was being mined by the Klingons, and it was some sort of 
weird accident during their mining operation because they overmined the moon to the point where stuff wasn't uh, regulated right, and that's what caused the explosion. So that's what caused that funky effect, right? Uh, and then, I don't know, just some lackeys working on a Star Wars film said, oh, that looks cool, put that in our film. But not taking when you take those rings out of context that the Star Trek movie put them in, it, it doesn't make sense. You're right. Yeah. My favorite explosion in Star Wars is when Han Solo shoots that final uh, TIE fighter when they're in the 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 gunner booth things. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. that final big... explosion, it, it blows up and it blows up again. It's like a double explosion. <laughs> that's, a, that's a huge explosion for a TIE fighter, though. Yeah. He must have been packed with dynamite or something. <laughs> he, he was the like suicide TIE fighter yeah. that was going to crash right into the falcon my favorite star wars explosion is when that thing farts in jar jar Binks face in episode one <laughs> thing no i get there was some alien that farts in jar jar Binks face Who i'm do? pretty sure yeah okay are we ready to move on to empire Strikes no Back? i have more okay let's go about star wars no i no more complaints all good have... stuff no, I have complaints about the original Star Wars. Uh, like, uh, after they get out of the trash compactor, Luke puts on the Stormtrooper's belt. Right? You guys following me? Yep. Yep. And then they go to the bridge and they can't cross. But, oh, luckily the Stormtrooper had a grappling hook in his belt. Oh, the Stormtroopers are always repelling off of balconies and stuff. Come on, what stormtroopers carrying That's a grappling a complaint. hook? That's a complaint. How come <laughs> nobody brings that up? If there were a contemporary Star Wars film and and somebody just pulled out a grappling hook from a, a stormtrooper belt, come on. That's a complaint. Anything else? Um, <laughs> Luke should be more impressed by the lightsaber. How come he just picks it up and he's just like, oh, look at this lightsaber and he doesn't use it? Oh, that's a complaint. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> I still the grappling think grappling hook a, does throw me though. It's a great, it's a great movie. It was fun going back and watching it uh, without uh, all the special crap in it. I, I've always felt that Star Wars, though the original one, had a little problem with the pacing. I always felt that like the beginning of it seemed a little slow. Like, there was a lot of information that they needed to get across. I get that, but it just felt like it could move along a little quicker. That's only my that's my thing. So when they added all those extra scenes in there, that just that's why it it just I don't know it, it had that one little problem I had with the movie and just made it even worse. All right, let's go on to Empire Strikes Back. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. Creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. The continuing story of our band of heroes, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca. And introducing Lando Calrissian. It's an epic of romance. 
of heroes and villains. They cross trackless voids to unknown worlds. A galactic odyssey against oppression. Big new sprawling space adventure in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Coming to your galaxy next summer. The adventure continues in this Star Wars sequel. Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Chewbacca, played by Peter Mayhew, face attack by the Imperial forces and its Adat walkers on the ice planet Hoth. While Han and Leia escape in the Millennium Falcon, Luke travels to the Dagobah, to the Dagobah, to Dagobah, in search of Yoda. Only with the Jedi Master's help will Luke survive when the dark side of the Force beckons him into the ultimate duel with Dark Vader. This film has the same cast as the original, but adds Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian. The director for this one is Irvin Kirshner. Irvin Kirshner. Runtime is two hours and seven minutes. He directed RoboCop 2. He did, yes, which is not as good as the not first. Not as good, no. no. It's not as good as Empire Strikes Back either. No. This is uh, probably the best Star Wars film. No, I, I, I would say it, it is. It does have its, its moments, though. It's my favorite Star Wars. What, RoboCop 2? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Can we move off on RoboCop 2 now? That was great. <laughs> There's a great scene when he's uh, at the beginning. And, uh, stop. You're going like, to stop. He's holding the hostage. Significant changes. Significant changes. Okay, so I, even when I saw this in 1997, I didn't mind this version of the film because there wasn't that many changes to it. It didn't feel as intrusive as the first and third. Um, really, I mean, for this movie, there was the Empire Emperor's hologram. Clive Rivel originally provided the Emperor's voice in The Empire Strikes Back, while actress Marjorie Eaton portrayed him physically wearing a mask. I had no idea that was a girl in the in the or a woman, I should say, in in playing the Emperor. And they did the voice. Yeah, was, did you guys know that? I was no. told that a long time ago, yeah. I, I did know. not know that. Ultimately, the actress and voice actor were replaced by Ian McDermott, who portrayed the uh, character in later films. For the 2004 DVD edition and subsequent releases. Uh, they also changed Boba Fett's voice. Boba Fett's dialogue in the film was originally recorded by Jason Wingring. Wingring. Subsequently, Attack of the Clones reveals Bulba to be the clone of Jango Fett, played by some dude with the last name Morrison. How do you say that? Temura. Temura? Temura? Timmy. Timmy Timmy Morrison. (laughs) To reflect this, Morrison re-recorded Bulba Fett's lines for the 2004 DVD release of the film. Uh, So again, I don't think I've seen the 2004 
DVD release. So I, I guess I still had the original Django or Boba Fett. Uh, but that's the only, the only thing I remember them changing was the Emperor. And um, there, was a couple, there was a couple scenes added where Darth Vader walks off of his ship or something like that. Hmm. Was yeah, there this other, is... Like, uh, no, that, that's pretty scene. much it. W- which one? Oh, the, uh, the they, Wampa. They Wampa scene. Yeah. And I, I would say that out of all... If I had to pick one that I didn't mind, it would be the Wampa scene. Number one, because it's a practical event. Or two, it looks really cool. So I, I don't mind that one at its scene. But yeah, you forgot about that. You know what I'm talking about? The extra. It's when Luke's hanging in the uh, ice cave. It shows a couple extra extra shots of the Wampa eating something. Oh, That's I all. didn't. It, it's, it's pretty yeah. minimal, but it looks pretty cool. Okay, for, uh, first of all, I just want to clear. I, I didn't forget anything. This was all copied and pasted off the <laughs> uh, Wikipedia page. So Wikipedia forgot it. Okay. They forgot it. All right. Um... But yeah, okay. So uh, yeah, it wasn't as intrusive. Um, so yeah, not that big. Nah, I don't know. It would you, if all of the uh, special editions were like Empire Strikes Back special edition. I don't think I would be as I, I wouldn't care as much. I think even though I still would want the original versions of the film uh, to you know just to preserve them for their special effects and that. What the heck was that? I'm laughing at the preserving part. <laughs> What's wrong with preserving? Right, because you're not preserving. You're just having it on your shelf. What are you talking about? I'd like to like see the original. Like I uh, like seeing what like when you yeah, tell yeah, me yeah, movie one special seeing, effects. Watching that's right. Preserving that's that's. I'm with Eric on the whole pres- preservation. Thing. I don't think you guys know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I think you guys are. No, it's, you want. You want like the 1978 version of the film? Yeah, like, that's the one that won all the Oscars. You want mm. that version preserved. You want that to be so, able to, you know, for people to be able to see that one. Yeah. Yes. Right now, it's not preserved. It's gone. It's in the ether. Yeah, I agree. I think. Yeah. So what do you? I think it's at? good <laughs> preservation. We should have left. We should have <laughs> left box, box out of this one. Really. Uh, this one I don't mind though. The um, Empire changes. Uh, the one that bothers me the most is Boba Fett's voice. Um, that that's just I don't know why that one bothers me. But the Emperor, uh, I I do prefer seeing uh, Ian McDermott uh, as the Emperor. So that one, as much as I you know, it's good to see the original. I I think that was a justified change. Mm-hmm. I would have to like. Yeah. I actually didn't sit and listen to what the new actor sounds like in, in Empire Strikes Back. Um, but I, I like the original actor that does that voice. Like, that's like when I hear his lines, like, as you wish and all that stuff, like, I got that actor's voice in my head. I don't hear the new guy. So I don't know if there's that much of a change. No, it's, it's a very short scene. It's not much to it, but. Yeah, like that, that was the cool thing about Boba Fett is that he didn't really say too much. He didn't really. Oh, know Boba Fett. I'm talking about the Emperor. Um, oh, the Emperor. Yeah, Boba, Boba Fett. That yeah, that just annoys me. And like, I can't even recall like, oh, that's this voice. That's which voice? If you played two of them to me, I couldn't tell you which one was the original. Okay. I just think it's it's disrespectful to eliminate the person uh, afterward, and you know, say, hey, it's what we were talking about earlier. You, what you guys are saying of you know. It's existed. There it is. Right, and then you. But made for the old lady, right. the old lady. Come on, it's just some old lady they threw a hood on. 
<laughs> well, that she does look kind of cheesy, like with like you can tell she's wearing like tons of weird makeup and that. So I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I and then you know the yeah. fact that the emperor shows up in the next film and looks and sounds a certain way, I could see you you want to change that up. But I, I'm glad that like the you know all that, that stuff that's on Hoth, all the Adat walkers and all that stuff, like that stuff should not be touched at all that stuff like looked great back in the day it still looks oh, yeah. great you know i would hate it if you know they would go in and change all that stuff to make it look better or whatever it's kind of surprising they didn't though you I'm know glad. how I'm like glad. like um in Mos Eisley, they added a whole bunch of other stuff moving yeah. around they um, could have easily done that to the hoth battle and put yeah. some flying dragon or something behind them and Thankfully, thankfully not. Or even want to change like like I, there was like this thing going around the internet a couple of weeks ago where the the new like somebody some fan went in and and redid the fight between Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader in the first movie. Yeah, and I don't think that's new though. I've seen that before. Is it? Is it? Oh, I just saw it. For or the at first least time. A, maybe I saw another reimagining of that scene. It, it's people have been doing that for a while and. And the consensus yeah, was, was like, I want that in the movie. Get get rid of the original one and put that in put that in the movie yeah. because I don't know they got some weird idea that Jedi should be like flipping over walls and jumping up and down and all this stuff. And you know like, what it is? It's epic. <sighs> it's more epic. It's not. It's not. Is, is there like I'm one word I hate the most? God, I, I'm so sick of that word epic. I'm glad you brought this up because watching these three films, I, I did think of this, um, that even though the lightsaber battles are much more, I guess, toned down in, in the originals, um, I prefer them. I mean, it's neat, I guess, to see the choreography of the, you know, like, the like the Darth Maul one, and that is, is, you know, it's impressive. But I don't know. I just prefer the, the good old-fashioned just trying to wail at each other with two swords. Uh, it just, to me, it looks... I don't know. I just prefer it. And I, I, I did think of that when I was watching these films. I'm glad that uh, they didn't add a bunch of cartwheels and flips and spins and twirls. Because um, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't. It I don't think the scenes well. It just, it depends on what the scene is. When Luke is fighting on Jabba's sail barge at the beginning of uh, Jedi, that's an action scene. When he is fighting Vader at the end of Empire and Jedi, or when Obi-Wan is fighting Vader, those are uh, character, you know... Dramatic scenes. Dr those are dramatic scenes. Yeah. So the fight kind of acts right. accordingly. Yeah, and if they were flipping around and all that, that you would, it would take you out of that drama. You yeah, know? And there is flipping around and stuff. It's all there. Like when Luke jumps out of the carbonite chamber yep. and he jumps yeah. up into the, the hoses and things. They're, they're, all that stuff is there. Vader jumping down the staircase. It's, it's just, just not epic. It's not epic. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's why movies are, are so friggin' long now. Because that scene just kept going on and on. I didn't even finish it. You know, I was like, okay, I had enough of this. You know, whereas you watch that scene with Obi-Wan and, and Darth Vader, it's spliced in between, you know, Han Solo and the rest of the crew running around the the Death Star. But, uh, you know, it doesn't take that long, you know, and you get that scene where he looks over at Luke and, you know, gives up and all that stuff. That's all just perfect drama. Just leave that all alone. Don't touch that. Mm. It's all good. Don't need any more yes. than that. Mm. Okay. 
So if you ended up watching the special edition of Empire Strikes Back, it's it's all right. It's it's okay. That's, That's consensus. All right. Well, Let's if I can it. say um, real quick, because this is like you, Kevin, this is my favorite Star Wars film, um, and it it's pretty much my favorite movie of all time. And I think it's a masterpiece. I think there's I can't find anything to complain about with this film. I think the pacing is perfect. I think uh, the tone is perfect. I think visually it's stunning. The special effects still hold up. I just I can't find a single thing to complain about with this uh, movie. I just absolutely love Empire Strikes Back. I've seen it countless times, and uh, I really think it's a masterpiece. I really do. Pretty convenient that when Luke jumped off the thing at the end, he fell into a big slide and landed directly over an access port that was going to open up. And I think that's, that was the force. Yeah. He was doing he was doing like a force landing. Yeah, yeah, yeah Richard. Come yeah, on, sure. he slowed himself down to like do. That's no, the how one the, thing the one thing I really Emperor... like about these original movies is that the force doesn't get them out of every situation. You know, they're they're still vulnerable people. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Luke still has a really hard time. Just because he has a mastery over the Force doesn't mean right. he doesn't fall down and still have to think. Like when he jumping ahead to the Rancor scene, you know, he, that's still a lot of how do I get out of this? I can't just zap, you know, Force right. beams yeah. and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, fool. Yeah. Yeah. Even the Emperor had a weakness. Darth Vader said that he sensed that Luke was with him, and he said, "I don't, I don't sense that." So even even the Emperor wasn't like all powerful. You know, he yeah. still had weaknesses as well and, and limitations. Having an ability doesn't mean that you are invulnerable. You know, it just it's an extra yeah. thing that you can do. So. I think that that's just why people have built them up, built up Jedi's in their heads over the years, and that's well. Once you get to the the prequels and stuff, they're doing a lot more. Yeah, you know, they become these hyper magic beings that can fly through space and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> essentially, become a parody of themselves. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> and anyways, that's how the Emperor is going to show up in Episode Nine, Richard, because he gets thrown down the, the the thing. A bunch of fire comes up, but he does like a force landing too at the force bottom. Landing. He's just been sitting down there. Yeah, exactly. Figuring out how to climb. Well, out. I mean, like that. The whole it's really the whole, slippery. The whole Death Star exploded, so he he probably got on an escape pod, then went and oh, hid okay. somewhere, didn't bother to try to find Luke or anything like that. You know. Is that uh, that? That's one thing that. Um, sorry to go off topic into the new Star Wars movies, but when uh, the stormtroopers were checking out the Millennium Falcon uh, when it was on the Death Star in in A New Hope, um, they did mention like escape pods had been jettisoned yes. from the ship. So you mean, uh, you I mean I, Star I Wars, not A New Hope. You mean Star in, Wars. Yeah, and then when we get to. Um, uh duke did you see that han solo movie yes like the front of the millennium falcon that was like a uh escape pod right yeah spoiler i saw i saw that on the model kit um so i'm guessing that's where they got that idea from because they say escape pods had been jettisoned so uh, was... i guess so yeah they just wanted an opportunity to make the falcon look sleeker and newer and that's that's what they did with it i think gotta sell a new toy <laughs> yep all right uh <clears throat> Yeah. Let's Billy move on D. Williams through. was awesome. Love Lando. That's great. No, this is, I agree with Duke, mm -hmm. man. This is like a pretty much a flawless film. I don't. I, mm -hmm. There's nothing. Nothing wrong with it. It doesn't really have an ending. It <clears> sort of does. It has like a chapter ending, but not like a true ending. But well, they knew they were making another one, so they, they can get away with it. One. Yeah, but it's great. Yeah, still looks great. Sounds great. Everything's good about it. 
Hold you up. know what's interesting? Uh, some of the biggest characters uh, only show up like halfway through the movie. Like Han Solo didn't show up until halfway through Star Wars. Yoda and, and Lando don't show up until... Lando doesn't show up until like 45 minutes uh, towards the end, you know? Last 45 yeah. minutes of the movie. Uh, yeah, Yoda. Got to see Yoda. Big puppet Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. <clears throat> Yoda's cool. good. I like Yoda. Right. Yoda's nice. Okay, let's move on. You know, you know what I, you oh. know what I'm surprised they never changed because it what? does look silly. What is uh the big the big worm puppet? <clears throat> oh, in the in the, the myth puppet that tries to eat the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I, I'm surprised that, well, that, that one. No, that the, looks fine. That's good. Yeah, it, it looks like a big oven mitt, but I'm surprised that wasn't turned into a CG dragon or something in the uh, in the special edition. Well, he didn't always want to change that, so yeah. <laughs> He thought he always thought that, that's what he fine. thought looked fine. Yeah. It didn't win an Oscar or anything, but it looks fine. All right. Actually, no, it did. It, they won for best. What was it? Visual special effects. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Special achievement in visual effects. So there you best go. Best oven mitt recycling. They should make those oven mitts. That would be something. Uh, oh, Worm creature. From there, there has to be already. There's your million dollar idea right there. Okay, let's move on to Return of the Jedi. Lose some teeth on your own oven mitt and it'll look exactly the same. <laughs> We're playing the trailer now. This is the pause for the trailer. Return for the climactic clash between the forces of good and evil. Return to a galaxy far, far away. Return of the Jedi. The next chapter in the continuing Star Wars saga. The battle for freedom rages on. The heart of a hero. The courage of a rebel. The strength of a leader. The loyalty of comrades. The power of the Force. The cunning of the enemy. Destiny revealed. Is Darth Vader my father? A legend fulfilled. An epic of heroes, villains, and aliens from a thousand worlds. It's a trap! The quest continues. The circle closes. The saga lives on. Return of the Jedi begins May 25th at a theater in your galaxy. Okay, Duke, you want to give us the rundown for Return sure. of the Jedi? Yes. Luke Skywalker battles horrible Jabba the Hutt and cruel Darth Vader to save his comrades in the Rebel Alliance and triumph over the Galactic Empire. Han Solo and Princess Leia reaffirm their love and team with Chewbacca, Lando Calrissian, the Ewoks, 
and the Android C-3PO and R2-D2 to aid in this disruption, in the disruption of the dark side and defeat the evil emperor. Uh, same cast comes back and adds Warwick Davis as Ewok, as an Ewok. <laughs> Ewok. Director Richard Marquand. Uh, and the runtime is two hours and 16 minutes. All right. Some of the changes for the special editions. Let's see. The uh, original theatrical release, the song is Lapti Oh, it was a song. It wasn't the character. Okay. So in the original theatrical release, the song is Lapti Neek. Sung for 45 seconds in the fictional language Hut Ease. The 1997 special edition changed the performance to a, quote, less dated, unquote, song Jedi Rocks, which runs <laughs> nearly two minutes. That's really what it's called, Jedi Rocks. Jedi Rocks. Because that's what, that's what Jabba the Hutt wants to listen to, right? Yeah. He doesn't want to listen to a song from his planet and his language. He wants to listen to Jedi Rocks. Was this an attempt to make like a Star Wars rock album? Were, I have they no gonna... idea. <laughs> the puppet used for Sly Noodles was also replaced with the CGI in the special edition. I mean, that puppet did look a little cheesy in the original with that. That's the one with the nose, Elephant right? The blue trunk, nose. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. It was. I, I, I didn't care. I like that. Uh, this was made because, according to producer Rick McCollum, Lucas could not achieve the large musical number he envisioned because characters could not move in certain ways. Right. I mean, that whole thing was just goofy. Just goofy. They're going into this scary... They, they got Han Solo frozen on the wall. He could kill anybody in Jabba the Hutt. You know, he runs his own thing. He's like just this big mobster. He's like this mob thing. And they're sitting there and they're watching the Muppet show. Yeah. They're watching mm. the Muppet show. It's so dumb. I, I hated that. I wanted to walk out of the theater at that point. Are you talking about the original also? No, the original's fine. The original's great. That's like a creepy atmosphere. You know, the they Boba Fett's there. He doesn't say it's not saying much, but he's watching everything. And I you know, the band is there and they're like, you know, scuzzy. They're like a you know, blues band in, in, in some mm. bar that you know, this is a jive, you know, this is not a, a cool hangout. And in the, I, in can't, I, I can't picture anything but the original. I, I can't remember this Jedi Rocks thing. I do oh. remember that like there was like a, a CGI, like another guy, like a little hairy thing yep. that was doing yeah, a lot of the yeah. singing. Um, but yeah, I like I said, I watched Jedi the most as a kid. So this movie, the original, is burned into my head. Uh, yeah. of like all of these scenes and the sounds and the cues and the pacing, all of that is like, I can only see the original. Ah, uh, you're uh, lucky. <laughs> I will, I will say uh, that I don't think the original is that great, to be honest with you. I, I like the tone of, of that uh, Jabba's palace, but watching it this time, I, you really are taken out of it with all the rubbery costumes. I'm sorry, but like the Gamorrean guards, their fingers are bouncing all around. They can't even move their hands. Um, the blue guy with the Trump, with the um, elephant snout, like when he bends it, it creases in the middle and you can yeah. see that it's, it's just, it's, it's a little too much. Like, I think the cantina scene in most Eisley looks better than this. Um, maybe they just don't show it as much. Maybe that's the key, but uh, there's a lot of rubber going on. I think it, it's kind of closer to what Kevin said. It's the atmosphere. Uh, in the cantina, there's a lot of weird-looking things, but it's supposed to be a dangerous place, and it's a lot of people just sitting there and just looking strange. Here, singing and dancing yeah. 
it it definitely lightens the tone. The Gamorian guards, yeah, I mean they are just pigmen. I mean, truth be told, there was a there was a werewolf and like a, a devil, like a, a Satan guy in the, in the cantina. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, I'm not talking about their design. I think the execution. I don't know if mm. they just showed too much of it in this with the Jabba's palace because you just really notice that they're all in rubber suits and they're all puppets. It's a little a little jarring now watching it. It just doesn't yeah. hold up as well as I think because most Eisley was darker and they were all just sitting there, like you said, they weren't moving around a lot. It just it. It can't, you know, I think they pulled it off better in that. Yeah. Way. Well, you think about the guy that went up to Luke. He's like, my friend doesn't like you. I don't like you yeah. either. He was yeah. intimidating, you know, and yeah. he was mostly humanoid. But then you go in here and, yeah, Gamorrean guards come up and they're just big bouncy uh, guys making pig noises. <laughs> yeah, I, I th- for me, Return of the Jedi, I think is it's a good movie with some not so good bits in it. Uh, I, th- I think everything up to when they uh, rescue Han and get off of uh, Tatooine and then the stuff with Yoda and Luke, I think all that stuff is good. It's really just the Ewok stuff that's kind of, I mean, that's a little little much. You know? There are a few things. I mean, I think everyone kind of agrees that it's the weakest of the three. Yeah. It's not I, I do. bad. It's just weak. The weakest of the three. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, all there, that... there were a few things that hit me this time watching it. And to be honest, as I was watching this this time, I did check my watch a few times. Ooh, I, I, was... I had the same. I had the same experience. This I one, was waiting I got a little. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for the good parts, you know, so there were there were parts that lagged uh, the action scenes. I think all the action scenes are pretty good. Um, the speeder bike stuff is really yes. fun. On oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, everything, like you said, everything up until Jabba, which I didn't realize is almost half the movie Yeah. of, of the rescue. That goes on a long time. I always thought it was like the first 20, 30 minutes, but it, it goes on a bit. But after Yoda, when they go back to the Rebels and they're like doing the whole Endor thing, the Ewoks and Han Solo. Han Solo was misused in this movie. If you look back at Star Wars and Empire, he was the captain of the Millennium Falcon. That's where he had power. You know, he was he was the rogue. He was the uh, I'm in charge of this ship. Let me do my thing. And the whole escape uh, in Empire where he was, you know, he was about to leave again. He was about to jump ship and say, like, I'm gone. I'm done with this rebellion. I got my own things to do. But then he had to take care of getting uh, a layoff, and that's the only reason he was hanging around. And it was just him on the ship. The ship wasn't working, but he was doing everything he could to hold that together and see it through to the end. And then, you know, he kind of sacrifices himself in a way at the end, even though it was out of his control. He basically was at peace with it and just saying, Chewbacca, you take care of the princess. I got to do this. They rescue him here. He has his moment of, you know, I can't see. Let me help out. After that, that should have been the point where I guess it kind of is where he then assumes responsibility and helps the rebellion willingly by taking uh, the role of going to destroy the generator. But then Lando takes the, the Falcon. They should have switched it. Han Solo should have been on his ship doing Han Solo stuff and attacking the, the the death star reactor 
um, as a way of him saying, you know what, I've been trying to back out of this. I'm going to stick with it. And now I'm going to be a hero, even though at that point, the whole thing that was holding him back of the, the whole thread of Jabba's looking for him, Jabba's dead now. You could argue it's kind of weak now that he's joining the rebellion. It should have uh, been thing. Like uh, I, I, I'm going to help out, but I think he should have been in the Falcon doing Han Solo stuff, and Lando should have been down on the planet uh, doing Ewok stuff, and then there should have been some sort of sacrifice on his part where he sacrifices the Millennium Falcon to choose Leia and a new life with her, and that would have been like the total Han Solo arc of he's giving up his former life for for her. But then you couldn't have the the next Han Solo movie after Return of the Jedi. Oh no, because they're prequels. <laughs> prequels. I think the to- okay. I think the issues with Han Solo in this speak to the the tonal issues of this movie compared to the other two. This one's a lot more lighthearted and silly, and then Han Solo mm-hmm. tries to also do that with the little shrugs and the "It's me" and the yeah. silly one-liners, and it just doesn't fit the other two movies, his personality in the other two movies, or character in the other two movies, I should say. Yeah. So I have a lot of issues with this film. I, like Kevin said, I, I like this film. It's, it's, it's a classic. I love it. But uh, I, I have a lot of complaints about it. There's a lot of editing issues, I think, with it. I noticed watching it, especially this time around, um, like one scene in particular when uh, Princess Leia and Wicket get uh, captured by those two stormtroopers, uh, they one, you know, I think Wicket runs and gets on one of the speeder bikes and then she shoots one of them. Right. And then she clobbers one with a stick and he falls over. Right. Yeah. And then he just disappears. He, he, was, he was knocked out. <laughs> no, no. They, they even show a wide shot of her and Wicket walking away. He's nowhere to be seen. He just oh, disappears. There, there was a lot of shrubbery. <clears throat> yeah. He's behind a shrubbery. <laughs> and, and his, then... his camouflage armor hides him well within the shrubbery. <laughs> The same thing happens again when Chewbacca and the Ewoks steal the walker. They, they just kind of punch the guy in there. He falls down below the camera shot, and then he just disappears. He's not in there he's not, anymore. He's knocked out. For the whole for, for <laughs> yeah, an hour? For I mean, he had a helmet he's, on. And, they and, stuck him in the glove compartment. <laughs> and again, the, the Ewok stuff, yes. It's, I really wish they would have kept the Ewoks' role. Uh, to just disrupting the walkers and stuff. All the stuff with the logs is cool and tripping the walkers is neat. But when they start beating up stormtroopers with sticks and stones, it, it's so silly looking. They're just like falling over. Uh, and they got that not a single shot is fired by a stormtrooper. Nobody knows how to use their guns all of a sudden. And the Ewoks are like mm. beating them up. It's so ridiculous looking. If you watch the footage, it really is. It's just silly. So that that's yeah. always bothered me. Um, here you have the elite, you know, troopers for the Empire in full body armor, and they're getting beat up by little bears with sticks. So it's just that always bothered me. Well, you know what um, the problem was? They should have used their grappling hooks and got up in the trees <laughs> with the Ewoks. Then they could have fought them on their own terms. Well, those were scout troopers, Richard. They weren't storm. No, troopers. there were stormtroopers there too. Okay. Can't have a joke with Richard. Everything's <laughs> got to be serious. Biker um, Scout Troopers were awesome, though. I always liked that look and the, oh, yeah. the speeder bikes. The yeah. speeder bike scene was incredible. I, I, that's what I like when I saw episode one and that stupid pod racer scene, and they're out in the open in the desert, and it's all aliens <clears throat> moving these, I don't know, vehicles around. 
whatever you want to call them. I just thought that was so lame when you had that scene in, in Return of the Jedi to compare it to, which was just like they're zipping around in the trees really fast and they're human beings that can only, you know, process information so fast and they're just zipping around. I don't know. It was, it was great. It still yeah, holds and, up. That's, that part still And the still editing for those scenes is great. Yeah. Um, especially like the part where Luke gets off and starts blocking the lasers and he chops the front of that one off and it spins yeah. around. All, all the pacing of that, that whole action sequence is, is brilliant. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff in Return of the Jedi. I still, I still love it. I think it's great. But yeah, ah, those Ewoks, and the Ewoks got off like scot free. Like I think just because they're cute. Like you think about, like they were ready to cook, Han Solo and 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 uh, and Luke. That, that they were ready to cook them and too. eat them. Like, Why geez. would they allow themselves to waste so much time getting tied up on logs and walking around? I guess you could argue that Luke was trying to get on their good side and become part of the tribe, which was ultimately what happened. But it just seemed like they were wasting a lot of time with all that. Well, they were still looking for Leia, so maybe he was thinking they could help him find Princess Leia. And then she just walks out. But that would be great if he actually vocalized that and said it instead of us assuming what what uh, could have possibly happened. Anyways, let's get to some of the changes too, uh, because there were a lot of uh, terrible changes. Like this one was probably uh, changed the most, I think, out of all the three films. Um, so you have the the expansion of Ula's death, who was the one of the dancers for Jabba the Hutt. Um, in the original, she just falls down a pit. And then they kind of like go to the edge of the pit and something happens down in the pit. You don't really see what happens in the pit. Uh, and in the uh, special editions, they added in all these extra shots of her being attacked by the Rancor monster. And to me, that was always just a terrible thing to add because it ruins the surprise when Luke gets down there and runs into the Rancor monster. Do you, do you see the Rancor in the new clips yeah. of her? Yeah. Like she's totally like, I didn't... Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember that. Well, she went back and she redid like her like redid some scenes. Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that that's the one thing I find impressive head. though is that they they got her like twenty years later. Yeah, and she was still able to you know be that role. You know? Yeah, I mean she's under a lot of makeup, but still, yeah, she's able to pull it off. So they don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm I, wrong. Don't I don't remember. remember. Again, I, I don't remember that. I saw um, I this. I've probably seen this in the theater, and then I saw it on DVD. But I don't remember like don't a lot of these extra do. Jedi scenes. I don't think they do. How would that? That it couldn't line up with the big reveal when Luke fought because the big thing opens up, and I don't yeah. think they showed. I don't think they showed him twice. Well, she's down there, anyways. Yeah, I remember that. I remember her dancing around. I remember they showed her in the pit, and I think that's it. Yeah, it was unnecessary. That's all. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm reading here the Rancor and Ula as she screams remain off screen. Okay, so maybe I misremembered that uh, because it's I I, I haven't seen him since 1997. Maybe I should have watched the special editions to. Uh, no, I'm glad I didn't. Uh, addition of uh, Darth Vader's no at the climax of the film, the Emperor tortures Luke with Force lightning, prompting Vader, Darth Vader to throw the Emperor down a chasm and kill him supposedly kill him he's there and no one no one what is it in the trailer no one dies forever or, i don't know something no one's yeah. ever really gone that's gone. what it is no one's ever really gone <laughs> uh in the theatrical release and earlier home video version star Vader watches and acts in silence the 2011 no i definitely haven't seen this the 2011 blu-ray blu-ray release 
adds Darth Vader muttering no and then yelling a drawn-out no, creating a parallel to a similar cry at the end of Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, which everyone mocks and, and hates. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, we need to recreate that <laughs> to get that synergy going. Uh, Anakin's eyebrows. In the scene where Anakin Skywalker is unmasked, the 2004 DVD release digitally removed his eyebrows to reflect <laughs> Anakin burning in Mustafar at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Gotta get those eyebrows out. Stuff they worry about. Uh, <laughs> victory celebration. This always bugged me. The film ends with the scene of the Rebel Alliance and the village of the Ewoks on Endor celebrating the death of the Emperor and the victory the, over the Empire. The original theatrical release of the film featured the song Ewok Celebration, also known as Yub Nub, playing over the celebration. The 1997 special edition release of the film replaced Ewok Celebration with a score composed by John Williams titled Victory Celebration. And the scene was lengthened to include shots of celebration on planets Coruscant, Bespin, and Tatooine. In the 2004 DVD release, it further added a shot set on Naboo, in which a Gundam is given a line of dialogue. And it's not Yar, it's not Jar Jar. It's some other. I, I don't remember that at all. I guess I never saw that one. Yeah, I, I do. Re- I I must have seen it on youtube or something because i do remember that i don't and remember I, a, a gungan but i do I, yeah i know all these extra shots of mm-hmm. you know people so which i like the ewok song at the end of the yeah movie. the, the, the song shouldn't have been changed because that that's the one again it's just yeah. burned into my head come on yub nub and oh. <laughs> that's a good song come I on like sing it it is a good song sing it yub nub da, 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 da. <laughs> I'd like to thank everyone for joining us on Retro Film Dango. No, we're Yub Nub now. That's it, we're done. Jump the shark. We've jumped the shark. Yeah, to be honest, though, the ending of Jedi is pretty abrupt, it ends kind of quickly. You don't get a big sense of finality. I mean, I Vader's dead, Emperor's dead, Death Star goes boom. It's over, but it just I, feels I, like it's it's a celebration for a couple of people, which yeah, is cool. It's fine, yeah. though. Those are the people that it's I've been fine, following but it since does... the first movie. I don't need to see all these other planets celebrating. I don't care about them. I don't care about that either, but it, it would have been nice to have just a little bit of... Uh, a little, little bit more. Yeah, a little bit nice. more. My biggest uh, problem with the original closing was, <laughs> did you guys notice Lando like clapping in the background? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it doesn't seem like it was a real shot. It's like they're waiting for the yeah, shot. Because yeah. <laughs> so they're all just standing there, like framed as if we're going to yeah, take a yeah. picture. And then Lando's so... like doing this awkward clap thing in the back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay um anakin's uh, fourth ghost i also changed to at the end of the film darth vader is redeemed by killing the emperor to save luke skywalker that uh, they changed the, the actor so there was the actor who originally was darth vader in the film they changed it to hayden christensen to uh align with the uh prequel movies which is just another stupid thing to do because mm-hmm. like why don't we see then young obi-wan kenobi or young yoda when they when they die, that's that's how they look, and so it should have been. He got his hair back though, and his eyebrows. Somehow, yeah. 
<laughs> he should have been just a, a walking mess. Yeah, right that would be that. that <laughs> With the Darth Vader melted Darth Vader suit. <laughs> Darth Vader. No arms. Uh, what what does uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru look like? Are they yeah. like just burnt out skeletons? Uh, they're they're still there. They should have been in the background in Force Awakens. Like uh, it's, <laughs> I'm just, she's digging for parts. And, oh jeez, found a skeleton. <laughs> Brutal. Anyways, uh, the stuff I do like in Jedi, though, is finally the epic, epic, epic uh, scene between uh, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. Still gives me goosebumps. Yes, in this time yeah, around, it is confrontation. Yeah, that was it. done and executed so well. Everything yep. like don't touch any of that. It's just all done perfectly. Yep. Luke going back and forth, like you don't know which way he's gonna go, and. You know, he's sticking to his guns and oh, man, it's all good. And, and then the climax where he you know, he was banging against his lightsaber and chops his hand off. There's so much rage in that. Yeah, scene. like that, that's beautiful. I love and, it. And the score, John Williams score yeah. at that point, because like Luke has just had it, you know, and he's just like going off on him. And yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Nope, uh, that's it. That that makes Return of the Jedi worth it right there. Just yeah. all that right there. So what you're saying is you need another edit of no. the film where they just take away some of the goofy Ewoks and fill it and make it darker and more intense. I wouldn't and, change and look epic. the version that I watched. I, I I wouldn't change a thing. It's perfect. It's I mean it's not a perfect movie, but I wouldn't change anything. It's it's the best movie that it can be without you know going back in time and. Right, redoing I mean, some of the scenes. I hear what you're saying about uh, Han Solo. I feel at that point uh, he has made the the character arc. He's he's made the change. He's now willing to sacrifice, like sacrifice himself. And I know it's kind of what he already did in the first movie, but it was, you know, reiterated in the second movie that he was still hanging on to those old ways, where he's still wanting to take off and that. And this was it. They they had come to save him. You know, to rescue him. And he's like, yeah, I got to stop putting myself first and I got to do some for others. Now, I get it. Maybe he should be on the Millennium Falcon, but maybe Captain Picard or, or sorry, Captain Kirk shouldn't be out on the away team all the time. Right. He should be the guy on the ship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just you got to do some things because, you know, looks, uh, people went to the theater to see Han Solo do things. Well, for me, it wasn't so much what Han Solo was doing. It was how he was acting. And because uh, I think what he was doing, you could argue, I mean, there's like four or five year gaps in between films, like in that, not just our time, but in the in the movie. Right. Three, three years. Yeah. Right. So there's time for him to have developed into a, a slightly more mature character. But I think, again, just because of the, of the tone of this film. He oh, acted, you mean like in the story of the film? Yeah. I thought you story, meant like the yeah. films themselves. Oh, no, okay, no, sorry, the story. Sorry. There's like five or so years of a gap of time. So there's time for him to have changed a bit. But just the way he acts, because... Well, he was frozen. Um, he was frozen. He's not going to change. What's he <laughs> going to do in that. five years? He's yeah. sitting there frozen. You're right. You're right. I, I guess that's a, a, a bad thing to uh, bring up that. But anyway, it's more for me the way he was acting with his little yeah, well, and such. If, again, <laughs> if you go to the Jabba scenes, when he's unfrozen... The way he talks, the way he behaves, that's very Han Solo mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. he wakes up and, and yes. on the barge of his sarcastic remarks and things. But then you go to Endor and he is he's more like the, hey, come on, let's do this, goofy guy. <laughs> yeah. you know? 
Yeah, and he's tapping stormtroopers on the shoulder instead of just blasting them, you know, and capturing them. Yeah, I guess at tough. that point, some memo came down and said, look, we got to we gotta sell a little more toys. We got to be a little more child-friendly here, which I don't remember any kids complaining about uh, their Han Solo action figures from the first couple of movies. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, it just seemed like they were, they had to go a little soft. Yeah. One, one yeah. thing I, I'm surprised they never, I don't think they changed, I don't remember they changed, though. The one really cheesy effect in Return of the Jedi, like the, you, you can talk about the Muppets all you want. The cheesiest effect is when Han Solo is thawed out from the the, the uh, carbon and his, like, his lips his are mouth. like way too yeah, big. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's this little kissy face. Like they never mm-hmm. change that. Any version, it's it's they always stay that cheesy effect. I always notice mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. It's oh, we cheesy. did we did miss one though. Um, the Sarlacc pit added that stupid beak thing. Uh, Remember yeah. that? Oh, I'm Wikipedia. sorry, you didn't miss it. Wikipedia, yes, Wikipedia missed that uh, additional scene, which was awful, because the Sarlacc pit was menacing because it was this dark, deep pit with teeth yeah, yeah. then they add this silly beak cgi it, beak it was thing, the just... the audrey 2 it became the audrey 2 with this uh, right. mouth coming out now the it's... the one thing they changed there that bothered me is when lando is being pulled into the pit han solo who's still kind of blind takes out a blaster to shoot the thing and lando's like whoa, whoa, whoa i thought you were blind and in the original he says trust me which is kind of a funny thing but then it, later on, they change it to where he just says, oh, I can see better now. Huh. I didn't, <laughs> oh. I didn't know that. Wow. You know what? Oh, I was waiting for that line, too. And I, I must the phone must I watch these at work. Some some of the some of the bits at work. Hmm. So I uh, must have missed that part. Hmm. Um, and didn't they change to in the special editions like in the original? Um, when Boba Fett goes in the Sarlacc pit, he's in there, and the Sarlacc pit burps. And then they change it in, in the the next ones that like he jetpacks out of it or something. That's away. that's fan no. fiction stuff. Oh, it it's, is okay. After okay. he died there, because he was just a bounty hunter at the end of one movie, and they put him back in at the beginning of the next movie because they still had the costume. So, and then they killed him. And then everyone around the world said, no, we love Boba Fett. He's our favorite character of all time because he looks cool. And then, so in the books they wrote or comics or something that he escapes and he okay. still has more adventure. So that doesn't happen in the special edition. No. I thought I remembered something about that. There, okay. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if that did happen. Like if they did make that change somehow, you see him rocketing off into the sky. Like, yeah, it's probably on YouTube. Shaking his fist. Like, I'll be back. Yeah, just flies away. By the way, that when uh, Boba Fett does take off in his jetpack, that is another cheesy effect. Like his ass would have been on fire. The way he's standing <laughs> and that you obviously jets, don't like, know anything about Mandalorian back. armor and, and the extra support they put in the He'd, rear. You'd have to bend over a little. To let the jet shoot you off. Okay, go back to being a kid and watch uh, a cool guy in a helmet jet when I, over and when fight I, Luke Skywalker. When I was a kid, I saw his ass on fire, and I'm like, "Mom, <laughs> that happened." Well, I can see that. I can see. Well, maybe that's that. why he didn't put up much of a fight with Luke. He was still suffering from the burn. Oh. Anyway. He wears Under Armour underwear. Oh, <laughs> where's my shame? 
Damn it. <laughs> my shame. <sighs> okay, anything else? Ready to move on? Are we done? Think so. Yeah, well, what are we moving on to? Are we can talk about the prequels now. Yeah, how much we hate those. Uh, I don't know. Jar Jar Binks. Uh, nope, got nothing else. That's it. I liked I liked all three movies. I would recommend seeking out the original movies and, and watching it that way. Thank you very much for supplying these videos, Kevin. You yes. journeyed to the dark side of the web to retrieve them. Uh, any, any, anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. But I'm, I'm happy to. Uh, to no, get this it. is this is like when Luke had to go into that dark part of the the Dagobah forest, the the swamp there. Oh, and confront Vader. The dark. The dark force is strong in that area. You know, I'm not going in there. You will be. You will be. I like it when they don't you, wanna, don't you want to complain about Goofy Yoda? Oh, I love the scene where Yoda is talking to Obi-Wan in uh, Empire Strikes Back and then Luke's leaving and the lighting changes like three times on Yoda's face as he's talking. I just love that. Scene. The, the like when he finally says, mm. yeah, because yeah, the ship's, and he there says there will be another, his, his uh, face is all red. I just, that, that's a beautifully shot scene. Now, at that point, they didn't uh, have it figured out that Luke and Leia were going to be uh, brother and sister yet. Couldn't have been right because she plants one on him at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. That mm -hmm. I think if they had that planned out, that wouldn't have uh, worked out that way. Well, if you go way back, I think Lucas said he always in he had this idea of these twins, but it but it wasn't of... fleshed out fully. Yeah, he's full of it. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe oh, a have, word that guy says. Have you Nothing. guys seen the documentary, um, The People versus George Lucas? No, no. Go, go watch it. It's fascinating. It's it's a fascinating look at uh, the fandom and and fanboyism, and how you know the culture took this franchise as their own, and all the hate towards George Lucas for the prequels. And I think they even maybe even talk about these additional uh, special edition redos. But it's a really really interesting documentary. You guys should check it out. It's it's fascinating. Um, well, whether you side on one, one side or the other, but it's clips. really, yeah, it's good. It's good. Is it going to make me feel bad for uh, talking crap about George Lucas? No. I okay, think that's I, what the movie is. It's <laughs> been a while since I've seen it. I don't remember how, you know, it's just, it's a very interesting psychological take on, on you know, I guess pop culture and how. In this particular case, you know, because like, again, George Lucas, it's his art, right? It's these are his films. But I don't once see, they I, 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 hear me out because I'm, right. I'm, I'm not saying that he has once they become part of history and the culture. I don't think he ha, he as the artist has the right to take that away from what it has. Try to erase it, essentially. And I think that's, again, we've said this three or four times now, but that's where he went wrong. And that's where I think he's being unethical. Um, he, as an artist, can do whatever he wants, and he can, he can put it out there. And if we like it, we like it. If we don't, we don't. But trying to erase history and uh, alter our, our – I mean, we, we grew up – this was such a phenomenon that American pop culture grew up with this. And it is so dear to our hearts in so many respects that – for him to just try to take that from us, I don't think he has the right to do that. And I think that's where he is arrogant. 
And I, to say that, I, I, I mean, I know, I get it. He's the director. It's his vision, all that stuff. But, uh, I mean, it takes a lot of people to work on a film. Yeah. And yeah. he didn't win an Oscar for Star Wars. All these other people who worked on the film won Oscars for Star Wars. I wonder, maybe if that's part of it. Maybe that's part of what stuck in his craw a little bit was that he never got an Oscar and all these other people who <laughs> worked on it did. And he's like, I'm just going to go in and I'm going to race everything that you did. I'm going to take it all out of there and change it and put in this crappy Xeno warrior princess-esque CGI in there. <laughs> people who had to watch Xena in the late 90s know what I'm talking about. That was some bad CG in that show. <laughs> all right. Are we done now? good yes all right yeah all right let's move on what's uh what do we got left i gotta scroll all the way back uh, to... oh yeah we gotta go all the way down here stellar banter over and now it's time for a boner plug yes boner uh maybe i'll be the fandango sure... boner it's way fandango too good at go boner <laughs> boner kevin get off that button will you can't help it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I, no, think, I, uh, I noticed the other day I, I open and close every show now. That's right. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, so perhaps if you wanted to, I don't know, deliver a couple of new lines. Um... Uh, no, I think I'm in. <laughs> I open with a song and I close with a boner every every week. <laughs> Seduce people in with that siren song and then they get the boner. <laughs> Uh, make sure you go to Twitter at Duke0619. Uh, check them out on YouTube, Retro Nonsense. What's coming up next on the Retro Nonsense channel? What's the next video we can look forward to? I uh, am doing another Stuck in the 80s video on Hot Wheels and Matchbox Ooh, cars. Nice. I saw the trailer for yeah, that one. So, yeah, the, yeah, the teaser pick. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been on a little bit of a break here with my busy springs, but it's coming, it's coming soon. Hopefully... Uh, Sometime in June, I'll have that one out. So, yeah. Uh, quick, quick question for the two of you: Were you more Hot Wheels or Matchbox? Hot Wheels. Uh, just because it was available, I think. I mm-hmm. I'm not a detail person, so I just collectively called them all Matchbox cars, and I don't know what the difference is. I know Aren't that you... the Matchbox are more like uh, accurate. Is that correct? And Hot Wheels are more kind of fun. They're both the same company. Like the they same are? company owns both. Yeah. I thought Matchbox was the older, like the older. I don't know. I, I, I think I know Mattel is Hot Wheels, but I believe that if you follow the companies back, they, they have like the same parent company. Oh, really? We yeah. called them dinky cars when I was a kid. Dinky cars? Dinky cars. That's what we all let's play dinky cars. I mm-hmm. had I had uh, I think I had more Hot Wheels, but I like the name Matchbox better. <laughs> I don't I I so many of my cars were just like, you know, hand-me-downs from other people on that i didn't really have too many new cars other than the dukes of hazard set oh i got tons of those yeah Yeah. oh we should have talked about star wars toys instead of matchbox cars and stuff you know what real quick one thing my friend had that i always thought was cool he had this return of the jedi it was like the jabba's barge Mm -hmm. uh fight i remember that yeah it was like a really small one where uh, it wasn't like the regular size figures. It was just tiny little um, yeah. unmovable figures. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember and those. Like, oh, that was awesome. Go to yep. his house. We play with that all the time. I had a really cool uh, board game that was the Sarlacc Pit. 
and it was 3D. It was like built out of cardboard, and you mm-hmm. had it had a bridge going across it. I don't remember how to play it, but some at some point you could knock the character into the Sarlacc pit and he would slide down into the hole. It was really uh-huh. cool. I got, I got to look that one up and see if I can you know pick it up one day. But um, I I remember having that board game and it was really cool because it was like a 3D model of of the Sarlacc pit, and you could play you know play on it. It was really cool. I didn't have any Star Wars toys when I was a kid. Oh, poor guy. Poor guy. I would make ships out of Lego. Go watch my Stuck in Star the 80s, uh, episode of Star Wars, and you'll see I did. what toys I, did I had. See. I did <laughs> see it. Yeah. I'm speaking yeah, to people jealous. who haven't seen it. Oh. <laughs> it was very easy to make a TIE fighter out of Lego. You take uh, four of the six-piece six Legos and one little four-piece Lego. You put that in the middle, the two sixes. There you go. That's your TIE fighter right there. Very nice. Uh, come back next month when we're going to do Fuhrer Freisel's Film Festival. Uh, we're talking about Overnight, American Movie, and Forgotten Silver. Uh, Curtis told me we're supposed to do these in a certain order. Which order? Um, one of the movies is kind of heavier, uh, and the other two a little lighter. So he suggested we do a light, then a heavy, then bring it back up with the light again. Which one's the heavy? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis, tell us what order to do these in. Uh, then in July, we're doing Mel Brooks, uh, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, and Spaceballs. Yes, our clickbait, Spaceballs. Yes. Spaceballs. All right, and what are we the doing in August? The big announcement. Uh, it's coming up. Uh, I'll let you know. you got to let us know now. Why? we still got two months. What if, it, what if the movie's on sale on Steam and I miss the sale? Uh, well, then you're, you're just going to have to suck it up. Be a man. I want to know these movies well in advance so I can get them. I'm working on it. Got any ideas? I have one idea. What is it? Not, it's not fully fleshed out yet. Flesh but that then idea. after I, after I deliver it, then I'll tell you that uh, I want to go back and... Give us a pound yeah. of that idea flesh. Um, it's a movie. Yes. Um... He doesn't stuff. have any idea. He no, I have, I have one movie that no I would clue. like to put on there. I just You I are need... like George Lucas. Exactly. I've always had an idea of yeah. what to do in August. Uh, <laughs> and then when we get to August, you're going to change it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> special edition August. Yeah, special edition August. That would be good. All director's <laughs> cuts. Uh, all director's cuts? Well, there's uh, the Star, or Star Trek motion picture. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else. There's uh, Blade the Runner has about cut. six different versions of Blade Runner out there. Yeah. Alien has a, a director's cut. Uh, E.T. with uh, walkie-talkies. I didn't like Alien director's cut. See, that's another yeah. one that they, they added too much stuff. For, it's, for neat, it's neat to see the to see the extra scenes, but it just it yeah. drags the movie on way too. It's long. one of those yeah. things that you watch you watch once. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. and I got to see all the... Ex- and uh, uh, Apocalypse Now, that's another one that just has all these scenes that you're watching. It's like, yeah, I can totally see why they cut this out. Yeah. The movie's long enough as it is. Yeah. I'm nervous to watch them. Ever since that um, Superman 2, I'm nervous to watch these things because uh, Superman 2 is ruined for me now. Can't watch that anymore. Either one. Mm. Oh, you should, you should definitely watch a motion picture. Star Trek motion picture. I, do I... Oh, no, I don't have that one. Mm. Oh, I got to get that. It was good times. All okay. right. That's it. Enough. 
Who's going to say it? We're signing off our Star Wars episode. Who's going to say it? Mm, live long and prosper. Post it and Done. post it. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars episode. Oh, by the way, R2-D2 is totally cussing in that first movie. I don't know if they changed that in the special editions or whatever, but you could, if you listen, he's, he's, he's dropping F-bombs. Totally. What? There's that one scene where they're in the, they, they're captured by the Jawas and they're sitting there and uh, C-3PO says, do you think that they're going to melt us? And if you listen, just listen to what he says, to what R2-D2's response is. It's like, he turns to me and says, they better fucking not. Just listen. <laughs> Next time, all those beeps are like, they're totally, oh he's, he's dropping F-bombs left, right, and center in that movie. Because you, you, uh... you can tell what R2-D2's saying if you just listen to him. You know, like he's always like, uh-oh, do you think so? Like always like, you know, there's always like something, you know, like to, to the pattern of those beeps where you can make out what he's saying. I guarantee you, he turns to C-3PO and says, they better fucking not. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Her name was Leia. She was a princess with a Danish on each ear and Darth Vader drawing near. So R2-D2 found Ben Kenobi. Obi-Wan. He'd have to put the Death Star plans into the Rebellion's hands. So Luke and Obi-Wan had to get to Alderaan. So they stopped into Mos Eisley to have a drink with Han at the Star Wars. Star Wars Cantina. The weirdest creatures you've ever seen. His name was Solo. Han Solo. He was a pilot with a blaster at his side and a smile 12 parsecs wide there with Chewbacca. He was a Wookiee. They met with Luke and Obi-Wan about the Millennium Falcon docking bay 94. 94. Stormtroopers at the door with a flash of Ben's lightsaber. Now there's an arm on the floor at the Star Wars. You've ever seen a at the Star Wars, Star Wars Cantina. Music and blasters and old Jedi masters at the Star Wars. Moss Eisley Spaceport. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. You must be cautious. His name was Yoda. He was a Muppet. His hand got cut off In that galaxy far, far away Lucas had a lousy day Boba Fett was so mean Jabba had bad hygiene Why didn't they all just relax Back on Tatooine At the Star Wars Star Wars Cantina The weirdest creatures you've ever seen At the Star Wars Star Wars Cantina Force will be with you.